Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, first show of the new year, Seth and Sean, not knowing where quite where Sean is. Uh, this is Seth Kamen's, uh, on, I guess, probably just about our eighth. Man, we've been hosting this show for a long time, probably four, five, six, about five, six years now. And uh, happy new year to everybody. Hope yours went a little bit better than mine did. Uh, I was, last week, my cousin came in from Chicago. We went out and, because she went to Northwestern. So she calls me and says, you know what, Seth? I'm flying in from Northwestern to go to Yankee Stadium to go to the Pitt Northwestern football game. Seth, you, you want to come? Someone calls in from, flies in from Chicago. I don't know I'm going to say no. So we go to the game, unfortunately, seven, seven hours outside. Good game. Seven hours outside in a 20-degree weather. <laughs> the rest is history. So I've been sick. The little dude's been sick. The wifey's working. Uh, to, actually, normally I'd be hosting. Uh, someone should talk about this week. Uh, talk about our year of six, year of sixteen. Instead, I am in recovery, and look who has joined us. Happy New Year, Mr. Palmer. Merry New Year. <laughs> Well said. Thank you. Well, so, it was not a merry new year for many NFL coaches. And we talked about this on the year in review that today would be the day. Well, Monday was the black Monday of the NFL season. So I think on today's show, we it's basically going to be, I don't know, evenly distributed between the NFL coaching, the NFL playoffs, and the college football championships. What do you well, think, Mr. Cameron? I agree. I agree, although but I want to talk for two minutes before we get to football. So I came home today, moved the show to 8 o'clock. You know, uh, wife's working. Little dude is playing with Mickey. And so I put on TV and what do I and ESPN and Duke Georgia Tech is on. Oh, yeah. And who do I, I see playing? And who, who do I see playing but Grayson Allen? Now, this is Satan. Satan's playing. <laughs> this is now, this is a little bit ridiculous to me. This is not an anti-Duke, anti-Jashevsky diatribe. Well, I, I guess it is because give me a bleeping break. I'm with An you. indefinite suspension suspension lasts exactly one game. one game where you get wiped wiped out by a non top twenty five team in Virginia Tech. And suddenly, all is forgiven. Yeah, I'm with you. Now, I'm, I'm with you, buddy. Saying, 100%. I'm, I'm not sure how long an indefinite suspension should be, but I'm pretty damn sure it's longer than one game. I'm with you. You think he... 100%. I, I mean, I don't even know where to make it. Now, maybe I, I would say, well, Shefty's taking a few weeks off for back surgery. And Kate, Jeff Cable is taking over as of next week, and he maybe there's something with along those lines. I, I don't know, but to be honest, this is crap. There's no other way to put it. There's no justification for it. If you if you had said before that you're suspending him for one game, and you know what, I probably wouldn't have had a major problem with it. I really wouldn't have. I'd have said it's silly, yada yada. The whole thing is stupid. 
But if you make this huge deal about that he is suspended indefinitely, then please don't play me like a fool. Don't tell me it's a don't 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 say it's a one game suspend. Don't suspend them for one game. I, I'm You're, disgusted. Seth, you you actually took away my my last five minutes because this was definitely going to be there. I am a hundred percent in agreement with you. This is not a anti Duke, and I guess the fact that we have to say that kind of means, in some ways, it is because. Would you have stated the same if this was a Maryland player or if this was a Syracuse I think so. player? I think so. Well, I, I really do. I have, to say, I have to say, Seth, I hope so. I hope for me if I would have thought the same way. But because it is who it is, it's definitely higher visibility, correct? Okay, because Krzyzewski's on the pine, it's higher visibility. Everything about this game tonight and the fact that he is coming back tonight makes this a little higher visibility than it would be if it was a Virginia Tech player or a Syracuse player or I'll even go a Maryland player. A little bit higher, correct? Agreed. Okay. So I'd like to think that if this was a Syracuse player, I would have the same venom towards what they were doing. Or would I just be cheering the fact that my guy is back? I don't know. And, and look, I've been down this road before with Eric Devendorf and um, James Sutherland and Fab Mello. My share of Syracuse players have been suspended before. And when they come back, I'm all about it. So if I'm a Duke fan, I'm totally – on board with this, but I think if you had told me originally he was suspended for one game, I would be fine with this result. But the fact is you didn't do that. You said it was indefinite. Indefinite to me means, yeah, there's no definitiveness, but one game is ridiculous, if not asinine. And you knew this would and uh, To make your point, this is not as if, I, is if he's coming back for Duke, North Carolina, or Duke, Michigan State, or Duke, Kansas. He's coming back for a home game against George Tech. They really couldn't have survived without him another game. Because just because you know, they know what I'm saying and what you're saying, we're not going to – I don't know too many people who are going to back him on this. He is Krzyzewski, so he is, for all intents and purposes, immune from press, from criticism. It just doesn't happen. But, I mean, you just look at this. And, I mean, a guy who is as media savvy as he is, you would think would know better. Well, would here's, have seen, here's, well, he here's just a bigger question, Seth. If, if he was on the pine, do you think because he's not on the pine, this is No, happening? he's coaching tonight. Oh, he is? I didn't I think he was coaching He's coaching tonight. tonight. Yeah, this is his last game before Cable come before he before uh, oh, okay. Cable leaves. My, my, before Cable takes over. Completely my bad. I'm sorry. I thought I thought he wasn't coaching tonight. Okay. Okay. So, the, the baby, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, the throat of my co-host. Um, 
Yeah, I, I just don't get it. Okay, let's move on to some bigger and better news or brighter news, and that is firings in the in the NFL. <laughs> okay, so we have a couple, right? We have a we have a resignation in Denver. We have a firing, as we knew, in Buffalo. We have another one in San Francisco. We have a lot of coordinators out of jobs, but that's it, I believe. I believe that there are three open no. jobs in the NFL. Oh, four. Gus Bradley. No, sorry, no, four. no. I think there's, well, I know. I'm, oh, and the Rams. Well, San Diego. The Rams, I'm sorry. San Diego, I'm, the Rams. And San Diego, set six. I'm sorry, I forgot the, in, the in-season firings. So you have six openings. San Diego, Buffalo, and, and count with me, Buffalo. San Diego, Buffalo, the Rams, Jacksonville, Denver, the 49ers, and the 49ers. The 49ers. 49. Yep, six. So that means either six retreads or six new guys are going to get jobs. And if you well, look let around ask, the league. Let me ask you, before, before, we, before we even start, we start to go into detail a little bit. Forgetting Gary yeah. Kubiak, because that's a bit of a different situation. Yeah. Are there any firings that you do not think are justified? I don't think Chip Kelly is justified. Except for the fact that the general manager also got fired. So they are cleaning house. And I'm not really sure. Well, no, I am. Sorry, I was going to make a case for Rex Ryan, but then I realized that their defense is the thing that sucked this year. So you can't really not put that on him. Yeah, I think Chip Kelly. I don't think Chip Kelly was really given the opportunity to succeed in that situation. I think Trent Balky pretty much hamstrung him. What do you think? Actually, that was where I was going with that as well. Um, I'm a... I'm iffy on McCoy because that team played very hard for him. But I think at the end of the day, it's just how it played out. Kelly got a bum rap, got a bum deal. It's a team with no talent and a team that, I mean, you know, for a guy who was hated by everybody in San Francisco, in uh, Philly, it kind of came into a strange situation with Kaepernick in San Francisco. He seems to have been relatively well liked there. Um, so, it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up next. I, I don't see him as a coordinator type. I, I think he'll end up back in college next year. Um, I see him as more as a, as a college head coach than as an NFL coordinator. Um, still not convinced Bill O'Brien will be there next week or even in two weeks if they, if they beat Oakland, which doesn't mean much without when you're starting your, your third string quarterback. Um, not convinced Sean Payton will be in New Orleans, uh, although he, may, although because it looks like they're trying to trade him. So there well, may be a few other Seth, openings. But there are differences, though, right? Bill O'Brien is one thing in the fact that he would either get fired or leave by mutual understanding. In the yeah. fact that and Sean Payton would be traded as a, he would right. not be most Sean, likely he would not be let go, considering he just resigned. Correct. He just signed a five-year contract. I understand. Correct. Correct. So, seeing how Chip Kelly is gone, and that is, I believe, the only general manager spot open, that is an interesting play to see if 
the brethren from New England come as a package. Nick Cassetti and Josh McDaniel or Nick Cassetti and Dante Scarnati, any of the assistant coaches from New England come with Nick Cassetti, who is the director of player personnel and has been there for a long time. That would be a very interesting combination of the two. And so here's, here's my wild thought of the day. Where did Tom Brady grow up? San Francisco, uh, right outside San Francisco. Okay. And I believe after next year, Jim Gar- Jimmy Garoppolo is a free agent. I know he is. It's not, okay. it's not a belief. I yeah. know he is. So let's say that Brady has a little bit of a down year next year. And I'm not saying he will, but let's say he does. And New England's old pals are in San Francisco, both of them, and especially if it's Josh McDaniel. Look, Bill Belichick has never, ever been shy of team first and get rid of players before they have lost it all. He's done it with Richard Seymour. He's done it with Jamie Collins. He's done it with Chandler Jones. He's done it with Vince Wolferk. He did it with Logan Mankins. The list goes on and on. Guys that he traded before they hit, I won't say they hit rock bottom, but before they, they hit their down slope. Is it possible? That well, it, it's obviously possible. Is is it a thought? Certainly a thought in my mind. That if Tom Brady, if that combination goes over to San Francisco, that in one or two or three years, when Tom Brady is forty, forty one, forty, excuse me, forty, he follows them there. And rides out his career in, in the place in the place where he uh he grew up in the place where he could find a, a home again. A little bit outlandish. Then, if anyone if anyone if anyone else is thinking that Sean is on drugs and wants to discuss it, uh please feel free to call in at seven six zero two eight three oh eight four six. You really See, think no, it's that off the wall. I think it's nonsensical. Um, why would a team that is two and thirteen and has less talent than anyone else in the NFL going to want a forty-two year old quarterback? No, no. Let's understand. Why this is, is he not this year? This is not no, this I, well, year. Well, he's not. For, he's not. But he's not forty-two right now. He's like thirty-nine or forty. So we're saying okay, two so years. You're saying a year down the line. So what makes two you years think down they're going to be three and thirteen in, in two years? They have. Well, first of all, they have absolutely no talent. And Correct. they're going to be drafting they're going to be drafting a quarterback, whether it be with the number three pick or in the second round, who their hope is is going to be the quarterback of the future. I don't see San Francisco as a play I understand the logic of it. And in certain ways it probably makes sense. But I don't understand the thought because that team is not going to be the only reason you would take a Tom Brady at age 42, and pay him what he's going to want. Because if you were both the Jets trying to get Brett Favre, 
Denver trying to get Peyton Manning, where you think you're the quarterback away for making one stab at it, and there's no and the QB's not there. If San Francisco doesn't have a QB in place, based on the talent they have around the rest of the positions, they're going to be nowhere near a Super Bowl contender. And I don't see I don't see Tom Brady pulling his Joe Namath. Let's go to the Rams. Don't see it. Okay. By the way, an upset coming, a potential upset. Butler fifty-seven, Villanova fifty-two. A minute forty-five to go. And nice. the Hinkle Dome going a little bit crazy. So, anyway, I don't see it. I like I, – I, I, the thought is interesting, but I don't see it. Okay, that's um, fair. I was, I, I was throwing it out there as, as an idea, and I think that those two guys could make it happen. And I think Belichick will not hesitate to trade Tom Brady. I really don't. No, I don't. I I I don't disagree with you. Um, not you know, but however, again, currently he is one of the three players. He's a top MVP candidate, having not played four games. So I don't think Agreed. we're discussing it yet. But two or three de- two or three years down the road, plus well, it's very interesting to imagine. See, but by that point, unless you resign Garofalo as a to an enormous contract as a uh, as a backup. He's not going to be in play because also, you're not going to ha- you're not going to be able to keep him. So well, I'll tell interesting you right top, now, but I if, don't. If the Patriots do not re-sign Jimmy Garoppolo this year and do not trade him this year, he will be gone. They will either re-sign him this summer or they will trade him this summer. I agree. So I completely you'll get agree. No, no reason. Yeah. you'll get your idea very quickly where they stand on Jimmy Garoppolo. And if they do re-sign him, it's going to take $10 million as a backup. But remember yeah. that Brady's only earning $10 million to begin with. So it's not like this is a $20 million for the quarterback position is not unheard of. In fact, that's the standard. Look at Well, and that, that, that brings up a whole other – that brings up a whole other point it, to bring this into consideration. He has deferred an enormous amount of money Brady has. And I don't know how that would play into a contract that, with a trade. Oh, no, the deferrals are – what, what happens in a deferred contract is it's per the year. So if I deferred for this year and I'm paid by the Patriots this year and I get traded – that deferral is still paid by the Patriots. Okay. I am, yeah. I am not the capologist that you should be. So, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just well, you'd like that. generally the way it works, unless there's a special provision. Okay. So that's who I think will eventually go over to San Francisco. I think you're going to get a combination, perhaps, of the New England guys. And I, I do give credit to a journalist yesterday who was talking with Jed York, and I'm not sure you heard this since you were on the road. They were talking about Chip Kelly and being replaced. And I'm not sure if this was yesterday or a couple of days ago, but he said, well, if the coach wasn't meeting standards 
and he was replaced, and this journalist said this to Jed York, the owner, you haven't met standards either. Why aren't you being replaced? A lot of credit to that coach, to that reporter, to which Jed York said, I'm the owner, I don't get replaced. Fair. <laughs> that but is good fair. Comment, but good commentary. Good commentary. But, um, okay, so who do you think winds up in San Francisco? I think when you look at the San Francisco job, it is not – It's not. A, there's a couple jobs out there that are really not very good, and that's one of them. Um, there is no talent or limited – Kaepernick is going to be gone. Carlos, yep. Carlos Hyde is um, – Injury is is quite injury prone to say the least. Um, you look at the defense, you know, their the offensive line. Anthony Davis retires. They just you look at the defense, which was their strongest suit for so many years. There is not much there. Navarro Bowman coming off yet another injury. They did well with the DeForest Bruckner pick, but it's ugly out there. Um, and I, plus I look at a team that's now had four coaches in three years. So I get the feeling that I don't think that any, either that I, I think this is going to be the job kind of similar to the Browns last year where they are going to have a lot of trouble. This is going to be everybody's second choice job. I think. So I think it's going to end up going to somebody who has been trying to get a job for a, try to get a head coaching job for a long time. I don't think it's going to be one. I don't think it's going to be a new England guy or, you know, someone who's someone who's going to have more of a choice on this. I think this is going to be more of the, okay, this is the one shot or, or the retread of, okay, I'm not getting another shot. Here we go. Well, remember, Seth, I think you're, this is, it's necessary for you to have a GM in place first. So are you yeah, believing agreed. that the G, the GM is going to be a retread as well, or some old guy like Jimmy Ray, who's been in the league 30 some odd years, or will it be a guy like the, the new England guy or somebody on the up and come? But, or like, or like the guy from Eric, Deca- or like Eric DeCosta from Baltimore, I, I go to go to this job. It's not. It's it. It doesn't. It looks in a lot of ways like a no-win job. Okay. Um, I think you're getting you're going to get a second tier, and I'm not saying a second tier is a coach, because I think San Francisco takes a shot on somebody, you know, a guy like a Terrell Austin or an Anthony, you know, the defensive coordinator from from Detroit. Maybe maybe he goes for they go for Anthony Lynn, who I know is interviewing there. Um, I know Harold Goodwin, who's one of the offensive coordinators, is going there as well. Oh, what a move. And it looks like Butler is going to win this game 60-54 a minute to go. Um, I don't – I can't tell you who – I can't tell – I know you're not. I can't tell you who the GM is going to be. I just can't. That's a little bit – but I think they go for what – I think I don't think you're looking at top – I don't want to say a top series. That's, an unf- that's a bad way to put it. Well, you're, when you're putting out the names like Kyle Shanahan and um, 
Josh McDaniels and Matt Patricia, I don't see those guys going there. I think we're looking more at it. At someone like Jim Schwartz, who's been a coach before and has can do it, and had, has had success as a coordinator since then, or you're looking at a Terrell Austin type, Anthony Lynn type. Okay. Well, that's the only job where a GM is required as of today. So all the other yeah. jobs, you basically have to work with the GM that's in place. And there are some GMs that are better than others, right? We have John Elway in Denver on one spectrum, who I view as a top GM. Granted, he won a Super Bowl last year, so that would go to that. And then you have Doug Whaley, who has absolutely no idea (laughs) what he's doing in Buffalo. And he doesn't even know why Rex Ryan, his own coach, was fired. Given that differential between the two, I actually think that the San Francisco job is a better job than the Buffalo job. Because if Doug Whaley gets fired after this year, they're going to bring in another GM who probably will want his own coach. And then where are That could very well be true. That could very well be true. I don't think Buffalo is a very good – Buffalo would have been my number two of worst jobs. So the difference being there's a lot more talent in Buffalo than there is in San Francisco right now. Absolutely agreed. Okay, so I think think, Anthony Lynn actually – I think (laughs) Anthony Lynn actually stays in Buffalo. And the reasoning is the Palugas Palugas are very comfortable with him. He was the interim coach. Doug Whaley is comfortable with him. Now, is that Anthony Lynn's best spot? Probably not. But I think he does stay there. Well, who do you think takes San Francisco's job? Do you think think it's uh, McDaniel? Yeah, I think it's the combination of the two. I think it's Josh McDan- either Josh McDaniels and uh, Scarnati along with um, along with the GM. I think it's a package deal. I think they offer him the moon too. I think they offer him a heap load of money <laughs> because because if nothing else, said, that is a blank slate, and you have at least two years to say. I'm going to do something about this. Well, in every other position, I don't believe it's as blank of a slate. So the best position is obviously, in my opinion, Denver, with a second being San Diego just because of the weather, which is tremendous. Um, Well, except they're not going to be in in San Diego. Well, or they may be. You know, I still don't think they're going to move. I'll still put my chips in, on them not moving. I know it, it's, it's a hard course of action, but if I had to, if you put a gun to my head and said, do you think they're, they're going to move, i give you one shot, I would say they were not going to move. I think they will be in San Diego next year, at least next year and maybe further along. So if they're in L.A., it's a much worse job because you're playing in basically a minor league stadium is you're not going to play in the Coliseum with the Rams. So who do you think gets the Denver job? Where, where are you going with the Denver job? I think Kyle Shanahan has, has the lead on that job. Here's the problem with Kyle Shanahan bringing it. In theory, it works well. I think Denver is a very awkward job. I'll be honest with you. Um, 
Well, I would hope so. You're replacing a guy who won who won a championship, a team that is that with short of the quarterback situation, will be right back in it. Which is why Kyle Shanahan makes sense. The problem yeah. is, I don't think I don't think Elway gets along with Mike Shanahan at this point. No, he does not. That and that's the problem. Short of that, I think that 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 that, that, pick, that makes all the sense in the world. Um, well, that, well, then there's one other guy that makes just as much sense. He's the guy that still has a job. And he's the guy that followed Gary Kubiak to Texas. That's Bill O'Brien. That is interesting because there's, of course, a very good chance that Bill O'Brien will not be the quarterback, will not be the coach of Houston shortly afterwards. After, after, their, after whether they beat Oakland or not, and look, beating Oakland – without Derek Carr and without Matt McGloin is not an enormous, may not be an enormous accomplishment. Um, that team, that Houston team is going nowhere. I think Bill Bryan would actually be a great fit. Um, I also think they may look at one of the coordinators, maybe uh, Joe, Joe DiCamillis, who's a, who's a special teams guy in Denver. I know they're going to look at Vance Joseph, who is the Maryland, who's the Maryland, excuse me, the Miami defensive coordinator. Um, because I think he yeah. was the number two cho- He was their number two pick behind Kubiak um, in fifteen. So I think you're. So I think they're gonna. I think O'Brien's gonna leave, and I think they're gonna end up going with Phil Brock. I think that's actually. I think that's. I think that's actually really smart. But then who 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 wants the Houston job? Or I guess we get to that when we get to that. We get to that when we get to that. Where does San Diego go? They don't need an offensive guru. No. They need a defensive guru. So does Vance Joseph or Terrell Austin or Dante Scarnacchia? In fact, I think Dante Scarnacchia is not Matt Patria. I'm sorry, Matt Patricia. Dante Scarnacchia is the offensive line guy. Matt Patricia. Yeah. I think they look at a defensive guy there in San Diego. And here's an interesting question. Does Steve Spagnola get another look? Not yet. Because um, as good as they've been this year, they weren't very good last year. He was the defensive coordinator for the Saints two years ago when they let up most yards in the history of the NFL. And he was kind of an abomination his three years as a head coach with the Rams. I think that's another year or two away. I think there's a, he will get another shot again if this defense can keep up, can keep, but I don't think he's there yet. Um, name that seems to be continuously kind of running around San Diego is Dave Tuff, who is the special teams coach at Kansas City. Um, I think I who agree is? with you. I don't think – excuse me? Who is the special teams coach, not was. Yeah, he I is. Said, no, I said who is. Oh, okay. Um, I said, but I agree with you. I, I their offense when healthy is really good. Um, with Rivers, with Melvin Gordon, if Keenan Allen can ever stay healthy, and their defense has some talent with Melvin Ingram and, and a few others. You know, th- this is a team that needs conf- This is really a team that needs a motivation, almost a motivational coach in a lot of ways. Um, they've lost, I think, it was six games in the last two or three minutes. 
this is a team right on the precipice, and it has been the last couple of years. For whatever reason, they couldn't do it under McCoy, and maybe they need more of a rah-rah guy, which I think Tob is. But I think the names that you've thrown out there make sense. I don't think they look okay, offensive. So, I think they, they go defense. So we have 28 minutes. I don't want to belabor the point. We can get to this, and hopefully by next week. They, I don't think anybody's really going to pick a, uh, a coach by next week. So why don't we think about this, and we'll come back to it as to who – Next week, we will have choices. You and I will, will put together the six or seven guys that are our jobs, and we will make selections. I think right now we have to focus okay. on the NFL playoffs, and the NFL playoffs, playoffs start off this – Playoffs? You're talking about playoffs? So right now, the NFL playoffs start this week with Oakland versus Houston in Houston in the, in the battle of the $72 million quarterback, the backup quarterback, and the fourth-round pick quarterback for Oakland, who do you think wins and why? Last year, I got to watch three of the four playoff games. The fourth game, I was dragged to watch a movie by my wife and my mother-in-law. The game I missed was Kansas City-Houston. And I felt, of all the games to miss, this would be the one. It's kind of how I feel about this thing. This is going to be awful. I think Oakland wins. Um... I don't have a great deal of confidence in anybody in this game. I don't know how anyone could. I believe that they just announced that Osweiler is going to start. He is, um, yes. He may, be, he may be booed off the field within the first five minutes of the game. Say that it's going to be about a 14, like a 16-13 kind of game either way. I very hesitantly go with Connor Cook in Oakland to have the right to get their, to get their butts kicked in New England. Um, next week. Okay. Well, I definitely picked the Raiders. I think they're going to win 20-7. to seven. Um, I think even if Connor Cook can't complete a pass, Latavius Murray and that offensive line will put together at least two touchdowns. And I don't think Brooks Siles okay. will put together. Just, just interrupt. Than... It's over. And they're, 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 they're uh, mobbing the field in Butler. Butler 66, Villanova 58 final. Yes, that's the court. All right. So the field house. Congratulations. Congratulations to Butler. Thank God Villanova lost. Anyway, moving on. So we have Pittsburgh and Kansas. uh, Pittsburgh and, uh, man, I can't even remember. It's not not Kansas City. Where am I going with this? Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh and Miami. Uh, Miami. I'm sorry. Pittsburgh and Miami. Ryan Tannehill or no Ryan Tannehill. I am surprised to note that this will be the first game that Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell, and Antonio Brown all will play together in the playoffs. Are you surprised by that? That actually confuses me. They didn't all play against Cincinnati? Oh, Le'Veon no, Bell was no, out of it by Le- then. Le'Veon Bell was hurt. So it's the first game that all three of them are playing, and in my opinion, there is no way they lose. None. I think they win 35-14 to 14 in a row. Yeah, I have, it some, I have it somewhere around 31-17. A good job by Adam Case getting this team to the playoffs. And Matt Moore, I think, is a very competent backup quarterback. But Ryan Tannehill wasn't leading this team. This was, this was their worst situation. Um, is you, you, 
Pittsburgh is probably, if not, is probably considered the best team outside of New England in the AFC. I cannot, they're relatively healthy. I cannot imagine them losing this game. Pittsburgh, easily. I agree. They're not, dude, they're not relatively healthy. I think they only have two guys on the entire injured list. Yeah, and everyone's everyone's relatively healthy. Everyone's relatively healthy by this time of the year. Okay, okay, fair enough. Okay, so moving on to the NFC and Green Bay, ta-da, and your New York football giants, what do you think? As much as I would love to say the Giants, for the third time in this decade, in the last 10 years, are going to go to Green Bay and win this game, it's really hard to see. Um, they don't match up badly. They have a good secondary. They have a good line. Green Bay's running game, is, despite the ascendance of, of Ty Montgomery, is not particularly scary. The problem is you're playing Adam. Rod- you're playing Aaron Rodgers. I have, I have no idea what that was. I have very little faith in the Giants' offense. You seem to be more preoccupied with hanging out and hanging out with Justin Bieber this weekend, which is mind-boggling. Um, then preparing for a mediocre Green Bay defense, a Green Bay team that kicked their butt, though, two months ago. Now, agree, this is not the same Giants team. I think it's the best game of the weekend. Unfortunately, I like Green Bay 26-23. Can we also make the claim that this was not the same Green Bay team as a month ago either? I mean, that, Aaron that's pretty Rodgers obvious. Yeah. is on a roll. Now, there's always – Always one away team that one underdog that wins. I think Oakland is favored. Pittsburgh is favored. Green Bay is favored, and I'm picking Green Bay as well. Does Detroit go into Seattle and win that game? Because I think they can. I think they can too. I'm not. Um, I don't. Think I'm not they sure do. that. I don't think they do, but I think they can. I think of all the upsets that could happen, I think Houston beating Oakland is, is the upset that could happen because those two teams are both for crap. So, <laughs> I mean, if you're going to pick one, you pick the one where both teams Actually, you're pick. wrong. Houston is favored. It, are they really? Okay, then I'll pick Oakland in the upset. There you go. But um, I think Detroit could be, beat Seattle. Uh, Seattle is definitely not the team without Earl Thomas that they were before the injury. Uh, but the problem is Matt Stafford is not the quarterback that he was before the injury either. And if you had a healthy Matt Stafford, I think that, that this would, would be much more of a possibility. I think it's a low-scoring game. I think it's 20-14 uh, to 14 Seattle, in Seattle. If the Giants, if the Giants had the sixth seed, I'd feel very comfortable going to Seattle. Um, Seattle's offensive line has been awful. Their running game has been mediocre. <coughs> Excuse me. That being said, that is a scary person right now. Uh, that being said, Detroit, I just don't think have it in them. I just don't. 
I think Seattle so, wins. If if you look so, at Seattle's team versus the Giants team, I don't see much of a difference. There are a lot of similarities. I mean, they're you both the based great, on defensive great line. Secondary. They both have a great sec- – they're very, they're very good secondary. Granted, Darius Slay has been hurt, so that's a problem. They're both – their front four is very good, Ziggy Ants. And then uh, – oh, oh, you're talking David about Detroit versus the Giants. That's what I – I thought that's what I was Se- saying. You just said Seattle versus the Giants. I'm sorry. I meant Detroit versus – Detroit versus the Giants. I think they are very similar teams. I don't uh, see much of a difference between the two. Neither one has a running game. Both are predicated on their front four. They both have a good run-stopping middle. They both have one or two guys in the secondary, but not a full secondary. They both have very good wide receivers, and they both have an offensive line that can't run the ball, period. How are these two teams so different with Detroit going up to Seattle? Well, first first of all, Detroit playing in a dome. Second of all, Detroit, the Giants have a lot more, do have more playoff experience, although they haven't been there in the last couple of years. I don't look at, first of all, Ziggy Anson has been out for half the year. See Detroit's defensive line and New York's defensive line at the same level. I don't see Detroit's secondary. I see yes, Darius Slay is a very good player, but Darius, the, the secondary as a whole, I think the Giants have a better defense than Detroit does. Um, okay. The, 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 the receivers, yes, they have. They, Detroit has a nice receiving crew with Tate and Jones and Bolden. New York has the biggest weapon in the NFL, or one of the three biggest weapons in the NFL. The running games are, are equally mediocre, although Zach Zenner has been very good out of nowhere. Um, and I, you know, in, you know me and Eli. I always he always scares the living crap out of me. Um, I think the Giants are just a more talented team, and that's why that that's why. And I would feel more comfortable going to Seattle. Just because Seattle has not been has not been the Seattle the last three years. That being said, didn't happen. I think Seattle wins. I I think Detroit makes it interesting for three quarters. Um, Seattle also Seattle's home court advantage is just huge, and I think that's almost the difference in this game. I think Seattle wins about twenty to fourteen, something along those lines. So about so the exact same score I just picked. Excellent. I'm glad we're both in accord with this. Okay. There we go. So, so we'll talk next week about we'll have our selections for the coaching possibilities and we'll have our picks for the divisional championships, which will happen next week, and we'll discuss those more. Now, Monday night, next Monday night, the football college playoff championship, I guess that's what you call it, and Alabama, Alabama with or without Lane Kiffin, which will be without this time. While dominant on defense, did not seem to have any flow whatsoever on their offense, and that may have led to the dismissal of Lane Kiffin a little early. Goes against Clemson, who looked very good. Very good maybe an understatement. They looked great. Do you take anything away from the playoff games going into this championship, or do we level set 
and say Alabama is just that good. As much as I would love to see Clemson win this game, I I think people are looking a lot at last year. And based on last year's championship game, which was epic, there's no other way to put it. They're giving Clemson, I believe, more of a shot than they probably should have. Clemson was fantastic last year. Clemson was not fantastic this year. They were fantastic against Ohio State. But they almost lost to Wake Forest. They almost lost to NC State. They lost to a a better-than-average, but certainly nothing specific tactical Pittsburgh team. They almost lost to Virginia Tech. They simply haven't been as good this year. And that's kind of gone by the wayside. And although it's interesting, the the ACC by far has had the best of the bowl season. The ACC and the Big 12, who are the two conferences that have been perpetually part of my French, French, shed on over the last God knows how many years. And that was proven again with Florida State beating Michigan, um, Clemson beating Ohio State. The Big Ten, which supposedly was the best conference, got annihilated during during, uh, bowl week, bowl month. (laughs) <laughs> Alabama always seems to thrive whenever there's any reason for them to be cheesy and coming in an annoyance, but I don't think it's going to be a huge deal. This Alabama defense led by Tim Williams, led by Reggie, uh, by Foster, led by Jonathan Allen. And I just don't think this Clemson team is as good as they were last year. I hope Clemson wins. I, I make no bones about this. I hope the game is as good as it was last year. I don't think it will be. I think Alab- I think Jalen Hurts plays better. I think we're looking at Alabama 31-23. Oh, so you think it's actually closer. So I No, last year was 40, I, I last year was 45-40 and the game was extraordinarily right. close. I'm not sure. This is 31-23, and there could be, you know, a back, you know, a backdoor touchdown kind of thing, something along those lines. Okay, because I was going more along the lines of 31 to 13. Like I don't think this has any shot of being close. I think Alabama's defense is one of the top five that I've ever seen, certainly collegiately. Now, that brings up an interesting point. So, Nick Saban takes home another championship, which I believe is number three or four in his illustrious career. Maybe five, including LSU's, right? He won one at LSU, if I'm correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I think, I think that's either three or four at Alabama and then one at LSU. So, either four or five. And we were talking about earlier NFL openings. What more does this guy have to prove at the college level? And does he take a shot at being the guy? And by the guy, I mean more along the lines of a San Francisco where I'm going to command all the power and have the groceries and, in Bill Parcells' language, shop for them as well, than just staying at Alabama and doing this all over again. I don't think – I think it's an interesting situation with, with Saban. I think he does feel in his mind he has something to prove. 
However, I, and I think he would only go where he would have total control. And if anyone's coming from college who would warrant it, it's certainly him. However, I don't think he would want to go to a blank slate. I don't think that's as interesting. I don't think he wants – he's 65 years old. I don't think he wants three to four years. I think he wants to be within a year to two years be potentially contending or deciding this isn't for him. There's only one job I can see where that would come into place, where you have a superstar quarterback, you have a team that's underachieved the last two years, not a great team, but a team with some talent, a team with both a coach and a GM on the proverb. I don't, I guess on the hot seat and barely kept their job this year. Only job I can see, I can see him going for is Indy. The only one that makes sense to me. Um, Arizona would make sense because there's a lot of talent there and I don't think they're ready to, to go to, they're ready to get rid of Arians and G, Rod Graves is going to be ingrained there. Um, no, it's not Rod Graves I, anymore. It's not Ron Graves. Or Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr. Steve, Steve Kerr. Steve, Steve My fault. But yep. I think Indy's the only job that would make sense. Because I think Grigson and Pagano, I can't imagine someone as, I guess, the best way to describe Jim uh, or Mercurial, as Jim Irsay. Um He wants to make a splash. And I think also – I think Saban would be happier kind of in a smaller, potentially in a small town and not in, let's say, L.A. or not in a, a, a Chicago. Although Chicago would be interesting as well. But, you know, not, not in as big a football market. And that may, so that may work for him. That's, where I, that's the only place I can well, see that happening. Well, he was on – I believe he was on Jim Irsay's wish list when they hired Chuck Pagano the last time. And ironically, Nick Saban was hired 10 years ago today. Yes, 10 years. Seth, you and I are old. 10 years he's been at Alabama. That's just saying something. But, um, yeah, a, a very interesting conundrum. And... What's ironic is that after last year, Jim Irsay was very quick to say, we're going to keep Ryan Gregson, we're going to keep Chuck Pagano, we're going to give him these three-year, four-year extensions. They are our guys. No problem. That's my guys. That's my combination. Well, this year, Seth, I don't think you've heard from Jim Irsay. I know I haven't. He hasn't dialed me up. He hasn't gone on Twitter and said, these are my guys. And I think the fact that he hasn't done that is very telling in that he's looking around and he's seen what's out there. Maybe he dips his, his finger in the water of Alabama again and says, wait a second, maybe I can get, maybe didn't work the first time, but maybe if I give Nick Saban enough money this time, he'll come along. And Tell you one thing, no matter what happens, if Andrew Luck doesn't get an offensive line, he's not going to win anyway. Saban or no Saban. That man needs to be protected. Well, 
Okay, we got about seven minutes to go. First, I'd like to pro- congratulate the Syracuse Orange on finally winning an ACC game. Uh, they they beat Miami Woo-hoo. by 15. Beat Miami at home by 15 tonight after losing to Boston College. And before that, losing to St. John's, South Carolina, Connecticut. It's been it's been a rough it's been a rough season so far. But you know what? ACC tournament, ACC playoffs, ACC regular season means a whole new ball game for the Syracuse Orange. And of course, this is the year that the ACC tournament is at the Barclays Center. So uh, I'll be happily I'll be happily babysitting Jake, and we'll we'll watch some we'll watch some basketball at the Barclays Center. You can tell Carly I'm doing that. Anyway. Um, I'm sure she'll be thrilled. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, let me ask you this. What are your New Year's resolutions? Uh, to get at some point down to under 205. That's, that's pounds, playing ladies tennis. and gentlemen, not, kil- not kilograms. Yes, yes, not kilograms. <laughs> now, to be fair, once I'm able to play sports again, where I'm not watching the kid every moment, who I love very much and is happily playing with his Mickey doll, that will be a little bit easier. And hopefully we'll be able to, I'll be able to do that. Not, not, I don't even need to keep it under 205, but I like to get it under 205. Um, okay. I watched my business grow. And, you know, we had a very nice year. And, as and the, the projects get more interesting, as I spent the last two nights north of Albany in a, in a medical marijuana dispensary. Yes, there are no samples available. I I am sorry, and you know to continue to be happy and to continue just to do what I need to do to continue to make my my family happy and my kid happy and watch little man grow and go from there. Nothing really too big. You. One of my New Year's resolutions is we are going to have our show on Tuesday nights. Every Tuesday night. <laughs> Whether Seth can't make it or I can't make it, every Tuesday night we're going to be here. We're going to be on Blog Talk Radio. I think that's something we need to keep constant for our listeners, and we need to make this happen. So, Seth, I think we should promise our listeners to the best of our ability that Tuesday nights you will see us here. I think that's a, that's a, that's a good pro- New Year's resolution for both of us to make, to make a commitment to get this done on Tuesdays. So that's number one. Fair enough. And then we just we just we just have to be able to chant. And if we can't go on, have people go on instead of us. That's perfectly fine. That that that's right. We need to make this happen. Okay. So number two, I am going to get in the best shape of my life by the, by the time I am forty-one. And oh, I know God. that is a little bit different. Uh, I know that is different from from some people, but you know what? I promise myself this every year. And I think it is a good thing to do. So by the time I reach Tom Seaver age or Tom Seaver's number age of 41, I will be in better shape than I am today. And I think that that is an important goal to continue to strive for. Number three, and the last one. I am going to become more of a yes man rather than a no man. I'm going to strive to try and say the word yes a lot more rather than no. 
not to this extent of Jim Carrey in the movie Yes Man, but to the point that I can say yes or to the point that I can make it work, I'm going to make an effort to do that. And I think that that's an important thing for many of us to do. There's a good book called Coming to Yes that I highly recommend if you're looking for a negotiation book. So I think that that's important. Okay. So we got about three minutes to go. Would you like to take it away? Some MMA obscure fact. Please go. All right. Well, not too obscure. Ronda, you had asked about Ronda Rousey last week. Don't I think did. there's much reason to discuss. She she looked like a deer in headlights. Um, I don't think you'll ever see her again on an MMA in an MMA ring. I wish her the best of luck because that that was the fight of someone who just whatever it is, the mystique is the mystique and aura are gone, and people are people are really going out on her, and I think you kind of have to look at it a different way. This is somebody who was the best in the world at what she did, and what just happened is her in her talent was able to get her there, but now. The division has gotten better, and she just can't. I don't believe she's has the ability to cope with the current staff that she has. So I want to. So I think I, I don't think you'll ever see her in a ring again. To the Giants wideouts who are partying with Justin Bieber on Sunday night, you better. We'll see how this plays out on Sunday because no excuse is going to be doable after that. All yours. See, and I don't have a problem with what the Giants did. I really don't. They were on an off night. There was no practice the next day. Really don't have much of an issue with it. But as you said, we'll see on Sunday. The, the week before, the, how they the week before a playoff game. Any other I don't week, have a regular problem season, I don't care. We, playoff, I have a problem with it. Okay. I, I, I don't see the problem, but like I said, we'll see on Sunday. Um, yeah. And next week, I not next week, I'm sorry, the week after, I'll be talking to you from Phoenix, Arizona, where it'll be nice and warm. Good luck to uh, the New York football giants taking it to the Green Bay Packers this week because for all that is holy in New York football, man, the Jets fans really have nothing to cheer for. So let's go Giants. And, um, and we'll go from there. So for Seth Kamins, this is Sean Palmer, BackSportsPage.com, Blog Talk Radio. And we will see you next week with our NFL coaching predictions and divisional playoff matchups. Have a good week, everybody. Bye.